0: Hello and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, uh, PJ Weary,
1: with my co-host. Dad. And today, Dad's pumped because today I get to have fun with two friends of mine.
0: Absolutely. And uh, so who we have today is Kurt and Charlie Kramer.
1: Before we do that, today's episode is brought to you (laughs) by Donut Coffee. I drink it every day. But they don't support us, and I wish they would. Um, and if you guys have ever, have either of you ever had uh, the donut coffee? It's not, it's like, it's almost it's like Keurig. A, yeah, it's Keurig. It's almost like Dunkin' Donut Coffee. Either of you had that? No. <laughs> okay. That's probably why they don't support us, because uh, they're not really killing it. But if they ever were to make money, I want them to support us. Go ahead, Peach.
0: Uh, so this is our second in our uh, build to last interview. Um, uh, series of interviews. And today we're going to be talking about how to build a family business to last um, and to build it the right way. And so uh, really excited to have you guys on today. Uh, Coach, if you kind of want to introduce uh, Charlie and Kurt, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. So today we have Charlie and Kurt Kramer. Um, God brought them into my life nine years ago and uh, they have forever been scarred. Um, I, uh Drew went to the first academy, played football, and in so doing, he had an offensive line coach. I didn't know who he was. We made fun of each other, kind of started to like each other. Uh, when I joined Nations of Coaches, they partnered with us. It's a crazy story. But these two men um, love God. They, they love each other most of the time, correct? You guys love each other most of the time?
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> Kurt, you haven't said anything. This may be the highlight of my day. Okay. Because folks, I don't know, Kurt and I can talk, but here's, here's what I want to do. Charlie, we're going to open with you, Charlie Kramer. Uh, tell us your background. Tell us where you grew up, how God led uh, in your life to start the insurance business you did and then explain kind of what you did.
2: Well, I was born and raised in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, uh, my father was uh, worked in a steel mill. Mm-hmm. My mother owned her own uh, beauty shop, both extremely hard workers. And that uh, transferred on to uh, me as I moved forward. Uh, I was involved, played football, basketball, uh, ran track, played a little baseball. Uh, didn't care much for baseball. I uh, was the first male uh, in our family to graduate from high school. I was the first male in our family to attend college and obviously the first to graduate from college yeah. i went to youngstown state uh both of my parents were believers so i came from a christian home and yeah. i was raised with christian standards yeah. my mother in particular was extremely strong uh, in the faith uh as dr jeremiah says uh he was drugged as a as a child that means he was Drug to Sunday morning, Sunday night, and every Wednesday night. I've never uh, heard at that. Church I, services, and that's about what it was like with me. Uh, I accepted Christ and was baptized at eleven years old, hmm. and uh, was fortunate to have had uh, uh, parents who led me down that uh, path and put me in a position where I would uh, be able to accept Christ as
1: as I did. That's awesome. How did you end up in Florida?
2: Well, when I graduated from college, uh, I needed a job. I graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration. Uh, and I knew I had a degree, but I had no clue as to what I wanted to do. I just knew that I had a degree and uh, I needed a job. And uh, somehow I I heard, I heard about insurance adjusting. And so I uh, interviewed uh, with the company and took uh, that job. Uh, With them, uh, they moved us from Youngstown to, I was married at the time, Brenda was pregnant with Charlie. Uh, They moved us to Canton, Ohio, and uh, I knew, we went on our honeymoon a few years prior to that, that we came to Florida, and uh, the decision was made in my mind that (laughs) I wanted to live in Florida. There you go. And so we proceeded down that road. But uh, the company I was with had other ideas. They mm-hmm. moved us from uh, Youngstown to Canton, then north to Cleveland, then north to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, I was going in the wrong direction. <laughs> uh, and I, I had, I, it was no secret what I wanted to do, that I wanted to be in Florida. And mm-hmm. I wanted to move to Florida. Mm-hmm. And it came to a point where there was, the job I had in Michigan, it was a regional job and there was two regions in Florida and that same job was open in Jacksonville and Miami. So I made a real bold move and it was a bold move uh, for me. I, uh, I wrote to uh, actually the president of the company. This is a big company, big international company, largest insurance adjusting company in the world at the time. But uh, I wrote and said, hey, Uh, I know these two openings are there, and I'd like one of them. It doesn't matter which one, but uh, you know that I've wanted to go to Florida. And uh, I basically told him that the time had come that I was either going to go to Florida with them as a company or without them. Well... (laughs) <laughs> that wasn't the case. I wasn't going anywhere without them. I had a wife, a car payment, or a wife and a house payment, and I wasn't going anywhere without them. I needed a job. Which Which but, one of those uh, is
1: more important, the wife or the house payment? You've got to lump yeah. those together. Uh,
2: so in any event, they, uh, they offered me the job in Miami, and they... Uh, yeah. I not only was offered a job, but they uh, they moved us to Miami oh, awesome. and uh, awesome. we lived in Coral Springs for a few years. What and years was then, that? Uh, what years that were you would have working? been in 1972
1: <laughs> that we moved to Miami. So now we know why Kurt always has the Dolphins clothes on. This is all yeah, starting right. to make sense. <laughs> it, so Kurt literally grew up. He was weaned on Larry Zonka. I mean, that's that's amazing.
2: That's awesome, yes, that's right, that and uh, uh, the hurricanes
1: yep, oh of course, yeah, and that yeah. was all that was rolling then, I mean that was all going on, in fact, I think oh. I brought it up uh by mistake, we were golfing, and by the way, folks, you don't know that like Kurt and I get to golf sometimes, and the last time we golfed, Kurt didn't play well, but worse <laughs> than that, I played so bad that I literally when they asked Kurt hey. What's your handicap? He said, Pete. <laughs> so, so literally, I say that to you, but somehow I brought up Doug Flutie's name yeah. and, and Kurt was ready to say things that we don't want on air. And I understood that now. That's awesome. Kurt, all right. Tell us a little bit about being a Kramer, childhood. Talk about, don't tell us about covenant and how you were not doing what you were supposed to do. Then God got your heart. That's just, that I filled in that blank. But tell them about your dad's influence, and then you just said, "Hey, I want to work with dad." Tell tell us. and mean, you have shared this with me to me, folks, and I want you all to hear. This is powerful.
3: Well, I went to work for dad started, you know, when I was when I was a kid. Quite honestly, the support mm-hmm. I had from my mom and dad growing up, um, I felt like I could do anything. Now that's not true, but I felt <laughs> like I could because of the support I had. And the encouragement yeah. that I had from my parents mm. and if it was something that I wanted to go after and something I wanted to do and it was and it was proper and right, they would do everything they could to to make to put me in a position to succeed with that and um and one of the things in particular is is um, people are always perplexed with this today to me, this was normal, um uh, but it instilled in me to do the same thing with my kids, and that was. Yeah. When I was when I was growing up, I was in sports all the time. I don't ever remember mm. my mom and dad not present at a game ever, ever. They never missed a game. Um, if they did, I wasn't aware of it. Um, they might have walked in late, but they were, but they were always present in my games. Um, mm. I always got picked up at practices by my mom and dad, by one of them or both of them. Um, there were times when I was young, I played. Pop winter football, believe it or not, and hated it. Hated it to the point where I would just sit there and cry about going to practice. I hated practice. Everybody hates practice, but I hated it. But quitting wasn't an option. And <laughs> I remember asking, you know, I want to quit, I want to quit. Well, it wasn't an option. I mean, it wasn't even up for discussion. The answer was no. We don't quit. You started it, yeah. you finish it. And and they didn't put me in it because they wanted me in it. They put me in it because I wanted to play. At least I thought I did. And everything, football kind of went away and I started playing basketball. And I think probably one of the great testaments of my of both my mom and dad is the fact that I don't think they missed a basketball game. I played varsity basketball when I was in eighth grade. And I don't know that they ever missed a game in five years Mm -hmm. of me playing. Now, my brother played. He was three years older than me during that time as well. Um, But dad and mom never
1: missed a game. Never. Did they miss Charlie's games? Did they miss Charlie Jr.'s games on purpose, maybe? Well, he was a bit of an embarrassment, you know. So, (laughs) I I, I would understand
3: if they did. But, uh, actually, Charlie was a pretty good basketball player. Yeah, I know that. uh, And stuff, too. So, uh, I, I I will have to give him props on that, but he was a good cheerleader as well. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, mom and dad never missed a game. They're literally, never missed a game. And then when I went to college, I go to college in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and to play basketball as well. And, and I I would venture to say, Dad probably and Mom, and then there was times when it was just Dad would probably. I bet they made eighty percent of my games. Hmm. I mean, I had teammates that were that lived in Atlanta, were an hour away or, or lived in Chattanooga and their parents, my dad and mom made more games than my my teammates' parents yeah. who lived in, yeah. in town. So, you wow. know, the 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 support and the encouragement I had was incredible growing up. But also the example I had of hard work and drive, yeah. hard work and drive will get you somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, being smart is great. But that only can get you so far if you don't have, any, if you don't have a drive to be, to work hard and, and to accomplish something. And the other side of that was is you don't wait for people to dictate what you're going to do. Go after it. Yeah. You know? Um, and I just felt like that was something that Dad always instilled in me and, and stuff. But we're a close family. When Dad started his business, 1981 – I didn't really know a whole lot about it at all. But by my senior year in high school, I was like, well, I'm going to go work for dad. And yeah. I'm not real sure if I asked him if he wanted me to or not. I think I just said, yeah, I'm going to go work for you. <laughs> and the response was, is, well, that's fine, but you're going to do one of two things. You're going to go to the military or you're going to get a degree. Mm. And I wasn't a bad student, but I didn't enjoy school and, and stuff. So. I obviously went to college and got a degree. Um, but I'm not real sure if Dad was real excited about me potentially coming to work for him or not because I'm a lot like Dad and so I'm also very hard-headed and and I'm driven to the point where I don't take instruction great either so I think <laughs> I think initially Dad had some trepidation on I'm not real sure about Kurt joining.
1: Yeah, Kurt. I gotta, I gotta stop you there. First of all, every game when I traveled, I would turn around on the bus and look, and there was a green saber behind that bus. It was my parents, and I will tell you, I don't forget that. And you don't know this if there's one. I want, I don't want to use the word regret, but I do. That I have is when I started co- coaching colleges when he went into his sophomore year, and I had been not only at every game, I was the coach, right? I coached him in high school and if there's one regret is that sometimes i couldn't be at his games because that's we played the same nights i i I don't even like talking about it it bothered me um i can i ask a question please do yeah so
0: i i want to hear the that bit of the story from charlie's perspective so yeah kurt was like i don't know if dad even wanted me to join the company like, I mean, you're right here, Charlie. What, <laughs> what, what did you think when he said he wanted to come work for you?
2: Oh no, I was proud of that. That was uh, that was never an issue. I never had any problem with that. Uh, I knew what I what I had and what mm-hmm. I was getting with Curt. Uh, that was I. I had no problems with that.
1: Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this, Charlie. If you don't mind, sharing, you know. I think, he, you know, Kurt mentioned it, 1981, you started the business in Florida, right? Right. You told me this one time, and it has stuck with me forever, because we hear all the time that, uh, you know, you got to get your lucky break, blah, blah, blah. But can you share, if you don't mind, how you took a loan, and you po- you basically put your neck on the line, right? And Yes. T- can you give us a background on that?
2: Yeah. Uh, our business was, uh, I had i had a pretty good job. Uh, uh, it wasn't a job that paid real well, but it was a job from a title standpoint. When you tell people what you did, it sounded pretty good. I was a regional manager in uh, Florida. I, I ended up with... Half the, I had half the state, then I had the whole state, and then I had the Caribbean and uh, uh, Central America also, and it sounded real good. And it was good. It was a job that I loved. Mm-hmm. But uh, there were three things that happened when I worked for uh, this company, which, like I said, was an extremely large company. And it was sort of a strike one, strike two, strike three type of deal. And uh, when it hit strike three, I said, this is not a company that I feel like I can work for long term. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I never lacked confidence, but uh, I started thinking about doing my own thing and starting my own company. And I had a couple people that worked for me that uh, uh, I knew that if I went out on my own, I was relatively certain they would be interested in going with me, yeah, and they both had different strengths and uh My only problem was uh I didn't make enough money to save much more, <laughs> to save much money, so I was a little little on the short side financially, but uh i took a uh, I decided to make that move hmm. and uh, go out on my own. By then, we had mo- in 1978 we moved to Orlando. It was 1981, and I was enjoying my job. I I had a lot of things about it I liked, but in 1981 I decided uh, something happened, and I decided to make a move and go out on my own. And mm-hmm. I took a loan for ten thousand dollars, which was out of sight for me, and uh, we started a business. Mm-hmm and uh, opened up uh, an office here in Orlando. And one of the guys that was the manager for me of the Orlando office of the company I worked for uh, came with me and he was uh, uh, a minor partner. And I had a, what was referred to in our business as an executive general adjuster uh, in Jacksonville, Dave Johnson, and uh, Dave was, uh, uh, he was, 10 years older than me, seven years older than me, Mm. and uh, he went with us also. And Dave gave us credibility as uh, a really heavyweight adjustment. Dave handled extremely large, very large, complicated losses, and had quite a following Mm. uh, in the insurance industry. Uh, The other fellow who managed the Orlando office, likewise, had a, uh, a strong local following get uh local business so in any event uh we went out and started the business and uh i can recall a particular time when uh i was going to atlanta to call on some companies and i took my checkbook and i gave it to uh, my secretary and i told her that uh, i said barb uh payroll's going to come while i'm gone uh if we don't get some some money in the door uh somebody doesn't pay some bills for us uh some of our invoices uh then write uh write check out of uh write whatever you need out of my checking account yeah and at that time i think i had about three thousand dollars well while i was gone the fellow here in orlando had settled a large loss and it was for a company that was domiciled in Orlando, or at least their branch office was in Orlando. And uh he took this he took his final report along with the service invoice up to this company and gave it to them. And the claims manager there said, Hey, I know you guys are just starting out and you probably uh could use some money. He says, Sit here for a minute, I'll get you a check. Huh. And he went and had a, a check drawn to pay our pay that service bill. And that took care of our uh, payroll that was coming up and then a couple other things happened and we (laughs) we sort of took off like a like a jet plane and uh, then we just never looked back it uh, the business went from there and uh, we grew and uh, accomplished far more than i ever had dreamed of uh, accomplishing it was really not a uh, someone mentioned something about a family business in a sense, it was a family business, but uh, from the standpoint of uh, mm. a blood family, it was not a family business because mm. I had some other partners, uh, albeit that they were uh, minor partners, uh, but uh, it was, uh, it was I tried to run it like a uh, family business. Mm. Uh, whenever you're gonna, I learned some things looking back, that still are true to this day. And that is, you start something like this with God. If you do that, everything else will be out of alignment uh, until you balance out that relationship. And I felt strongly about that, discovered what God wanted me to do, and uh, just followed it with uh, my whole heart and just kept after it. Uh, I felt like uh, to grow a company, I was going to have to have employees, I was going to have to treat them properly. And along with that, I was going to have to treat customers properly.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, I tried to be a custor- create a customer oriented company. And uh, I knew that if we solve problems for c- customers, they would come back to us, they would like that. <laughs> and that has happened more often uh, yeah. than not. In fact, just recently, uh, I can recall there was a uh, at the uh, uh, R D V complex they had a, a roof collapse, mm-hmm. large loop uh, roof, and the companies that wrote that business business interruption contents building coverage, they gave that loss to another adjuster, uh, or to an adjuster, not another adjuster, to an adjuster, and. It wasn't very long, and that thing wasn't going right. Well, who did they call? They called Kurt. Mm. This is a thirty-five million dollar plus loss, mm. and they had problems. Yeah, and they needed their problems solved, so they called Kurt because they knew that Kurt could solve those problems. And that's that was uh, strong for us. Uh, uh, I tried yeah. to beat that into employees all the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and you're already kind of touching on it, but if you could list like three practices or values that have been really core uh, to your family and to your business, and is there any crossover between those?
2: Well, uh, I've got more than three, actually. Oh, God. Uh, that's
1: totally fine, too. Yeah. Yeah, we got all day, Charlie, <laughs> except for Kurt's got a 10 o'clock appointment. So let's, give us yeah. a couple of them.
2: Uh, i give you a few here. Uh, yeah. First of all, uh, I worked by priorities. My priorities were very simple. Uh, God was first. Brenda was second. <laughs> the boys were third. And work was fourth. Mm. And it's very easy to get that mixed up and get work up there in the first yeah. two or one, two, three spot. and It doesn't work that way. It had to be God, Brenda, the boys, then work. And I didn't make a secret of that. That's just the way it was. Yeah. Uh, another thing, and Kurt uh, mentioned this, I have three absolutes at that time, and I still have them. And they are integrity, uh, work ethic, and common sense. You gotta be honest. You gotta have a strong work ethic. You're not going to accomplish a blasted thing if you don't have a strong work ethic. Right. And you also have to have some common sense. Some, somebody said, if common sense was so common, how come there isn't more of it? Uh, but it, <laughs> our business uh, was not necess- was gener- is generally not black and white. It's right. somewhere in the middle, it's a gray area. And common sense is critical. But work ethic, yeah. you've got to be a strong worker and not afraid to jump in and go and do what you need to do. And, of course, you have to be honest. Character is another key attribute uh, I hope to install into boys. Uh, uh, from a work standpoint, from a family standpoint, God chose me to be the father of these two boys. Mm-hmm. And I, was, uh, I had to be present in their daily lives. A child wants a dad who's present, not perfect, but present. And Mm -hmm. I felt like one of my jobs as a dad was to show the boys the world, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. And they saw all parts of it. You see all parts of it in our our business. Uh, Like Kurt said, uh, we don't quit Uh, quitting. uh, Quitting is easy. Anybody can quit, but we don't quit. We keep going. When the going gets tough, like they say, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And uh, to love Jesus—that was—that was was strong. From a business Mm -hmm. standpoint, uh, a lot of those same things overlap into our business. Yeah, Uh, but when I was starting to before I started the business, I started, uh, I became a follower of Zig Ziglar, strong Christian man. And uh, I read every one of his books multiple times. I listened to his tape series. uh, See you at the top. I listened to that so many times that I could have filled in for him. But uh, (laughs) Zig had had six attributes that uh became our attributes as a company and we published them uh mm. people knew that uh they were what we were uh we were about and i'll touch <coughs> on them yeah uh the first was honesty you know teach others to lie for you and before you know it they'll be uh, lying to you right the second was character uh, the ability to carry out a good resolution long after the emotion uh of the moment has passed yeah. The third was integrity. Determine the difference between that determines the difference between winners and losers. Trust, the difference between super successful and moder- moderately successful is the element of trust. Love number 5 is when you do the things that are best for the other person. Hmm. Not necessarily the things that they want, but it's best for them. And in business, you find that comes up frequently. Yeah. The last thing was loyalty. Strong family commitments and loyalty develops a surplus of creative energy. Those were six foundational stones for our business that uh, uh, I preached all the time and uh, as I as our business got going, I uh, I had uh, the two guys, primary guys that started in the business with me. Uh, I got them copies of Zig's tapes and his books. And we spent a lot of time on the road, a lot of time driving. Mm. And we never listened to radio. We listened to Zig. And honesty, character, integrity, trust, love, and loyalty – were the things that uh, we concentrated on. Like I say, these, uh, do they overlap? Yes, they overlap, uh, business and uh, family, but uh, they're all strong traits and uh, something to be admired. I uh, relish the day that uh, uh, I got acquainted with Zig Ziglar. I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but I guess I was searching for something and God led me to Zig Ziglar. (laughs)
0: That that's awesome. So I kind of wanted to ask you something, uh, Kurt, uh, cause I feel like there's a story here. Uh, Charlie, you mentioned common sense. Uh, Kurt, can you expound on that a little bit? What did that look like learning about common sense from your dad?
3: Common sense, man, was just being, being solution driven. So you get a problem, mm-hmm. I mean, I always remember dad would tell me, don't come to me with a problem without having a solution, mm. which it, it what it did was it caused me to think. Mm. It caused me to see a problem and go, I think this is the solution to it. And, and then go and experience whether or not that was the right solution. Yeah. Um, but I'm solution driven as a result of that because it empowered me that empowered me. It it gave me the ability to think for myself. Uh, Now it also allowed me to come to him with a problem or something and go, Hey, what do you think? This is what I think. What do you think? Yeah. I want to go to the two guys that dad spoke of. Yeah. Both of those men invested in my life as well. Yeah. That's and Mm. to this day, they, they, they thought so much of my father that they thought a lot of me. And so when I joined the company and I joined the business, those guys, those guys invested in my growth as a, as, as a, as an adjuster. And, um, and specifically the one that lived here in Orlando. Um, yeah. and so cause I reported pretty much directly to him as well as one other guy, but, um, their investment in me as well, they, they, you know it kind of, it, it helped for me i mean, i'm not i'm not sure that i've been around a lot of people who are extremely smart and highly intelligent but hmm. what i found in that too was that for the most part this isn't always true they didn't have much of a drive they didn't have much of a work ethic if it came easy they were all in if it was difficult they were all out yeah and you know and and i think with common sense you know I saw my father, I will tell you, I still think to this day, he's one of the wisest men I've ever been around in my life. But mm-hmm. but it's not a wise in a book smart type of way. Dad has a street smart, you know, a, a culture smartness that you don't learn in a classroom. Yeah. And uh, you don't learn it in a book other than God's word. And so what I found, I, what I saw with my dad, And that to this day, uh, when he spoke about the priorities of God, mom, and then my brother and I, and then work, I instilled that. Again, that's another example that I instilled in my in my own family. It was it was God. It was my wife and it was my three kids and it was work and I was going to be ever present. In their life, I was gonna be at practices, I was gonna be at games, I wasn't gonna miss. People weren't gonna ask, where's your father at tonight? They're gonna see me there. Mm. And 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 stuff. I mean, it just but here's this, here's the cool thing with that. That started convicting parents who weren't there. That started Mm. convicting parents who were not always present, who had their priorities upside down. Work was their was their thing and everything flowed. They would sit there and make excuses. Yeah, but if I don't do this job, if I don't go do this and I'm not out of town, well then, you know, uh I you know I can't provide for my family. Well that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> you know, dad yeah. dad had to be out of town. Mm. But he was never out of town when I was playing. Never. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the common sense thing, again, I you know, I think I think we all have common sense. It's just a matter of practicing the common sense and then the application of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I still think common sense is tied into a drive and a work ethic because you learn so much about yourself and you learn so much about everything around you when you're like that.
0: Yeah. Kind of comes from that honesty, too, right? Like if you're not honest with yourself, that's where but you let those lies creep in. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I quick question and I'll let uh coach jump in, but, um, this has come up in a couple of these interviews. Did Charlie take you to work ever with him when you were younger?
3: Not that I can remember. No. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Now, Is
1: that cause you couldn't sit still or <laughs> he was afraid you were going gonna... <laughs>
3: to, I'd have been a distraction. I'm quite certain. Um, I, I, I um, i i wanted to go to work for dad because i wanted to work for dad i didn't i didn't have a monetary goal i didn't have i didn't want to do it because oh i can be rich i I, that was not the reason it just wasn't i i just wanted to be around my father and um and i wanted to do things that my dad did and there were some intriguing aspects of our business that i wanted to be involved with and he knew it and i told him i said i want to do this and 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 but there's a pecking order just because you're charles kramer's kid doesn't mean you just go ahead and get it you got to work to it you've got to earn that right and and stuff and i found out real fast in our industry what our name meant i had no idea until I started working and people were, then all of a sudden it was, hey, are you Charles Kramer's kid? Hey, are you related to Charles Kramer? I was like, well, yeah, and everybody started telling me that. Well, then I'll never forget this. I had a client look at me one time from London. They were over here and while they were here, they were visiting dad and I was introduced to him. A loss came in that this guy over was overseeing and I got it. And he told me, he says, Essentially, you better handle this like your dad would handle this.
1: <laughs> no pressure. And I remember yeah, sitting here and I was
3: like, "Okay, but <laughs> but I'm okay with that." That's like, there there is yeah, some yeah, pressures yeah. with that, but I'm yeah. going to tell you, I like I like the pressure. I enjoyed the pressure. I enjoyed the heat. Yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to please dad. I, I when yeah. I handled something. I didn't want there to be a problem with what I was doing because I knew who would get the call. And I didn't want him getting calls.
1: Yeah. 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 Hey, I got I got to say this. So it, he he didn't take you to work when you're younger. You guys need to know this. And this is going to be an interesting thing. My dad took me to the bank when he was a banker. Okay. Straight up true story. Right. I'm in the bank. And uh, for those of you who don't know, my dad was a bank manager. When you go to the, um, Shoot, where they keep the money? The vault. The safe. Yeah, go to the safe. Two people know that combination, and each of them only know half of it. Did you know that? So, so the woman, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the woman went up and did the combination, and then I am like ten or eleven. I'm behind my dad, and he is so focused on what he's doing, he's not paying attention to me at all. And I out loud go, one o one. (laughs) Sixty-two. 43 19 7 and when I said 7 my dad's head snapped around he goes did you just say all those numbers out loud and I went yeah I watched you dad are you kidding me I had to call in and change the whole vault combination because of me that's probably why he didn't bring you in because he was afraid you would be uh, although you're probably smarter you had common sense and our family doesn't hey we're going to finish up with this yeah um Charlie I-, I want you briefly to share and then Kurt briefly share what's the greatest opportunity you had with Kurt that sticks mm-hmm. in your mind memory that, that stirs your heart and makes you extremely grateful and proud about Kurt and then Kurt vice versa about your dad and, and it could be a, a, a an instant or it could be just an overall theme Charlie, what makes you proud about Kurt? Well, there's
2: there's a lot, but uh, Kurt uh, has become the father that I always wanted to be, mm. and that I hope I was. Uh, he was successful, worked hard, in with his basketball, uh, he had Kramer speed, which meant that he was like a slow-moving uh, <laughs> uh, tractor trailer, uh, but. Uh, uh, Kurt led all three of his children to the Lord, which is, uh, hmm. which is the best of the best. Yeah. But he made me proud as an adjuster also. Kurt, uh, uh, you know, Kurt didn't come to work with our company and sit under me and work for me. He never reported to me. He never reported to me. He had other people. And I never wanted to hear about a problem with him reporting to a branch manager, and that manager did or didn't did, I didn't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. He had to, he, uh, I, I felt like it would not be advantageous for him or our company for me to show favoritism to Kurt. Mm-hmm. But uh, going back to what Kurt was talking about, uh, there was a time in our business uh, when I was very active in the adjusting of losses as well as uh, running the business. And I it became less and less and less as the years went by. But I had one. uh, We called it a book of business, which is a type of business. Like if you have a hotel business. uh, But this was jewelry business Mm -hmm. handling jewelry uh, losses at jewelry stores. And it was in the Caribbean. Kurt found out about me doing that. And uh, I don't know how it really happened, but all of a sudden, I mean I was I had accounts that I handled down in uh, the Virgin Islands and all over from Jamaica and down way down to the ABC islands and uh, I handled losses down there all the time, and Kurt wanted to do that business hmm. and I'm sure we talked about it at some time or other. I can't remember when, but somehow. He started handling that business, and then I started hearing about Kurt's on his way to St. Thomas. I said, what's he going to St. Thomas for? Well, he's got a jewelry loss. What do you mean he's got a jewelry loss? (laughs) That's my business. (laughs) Well, he had little by little uh, taken that over, Mm. and uh, I, at the same time, moved out of pretty much out of adjusting altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember talking with Kurt and helping him on some stuff with uh, the jewelry business, because that's a unique type of business. Mm. And those are very unique losses. But uh, I was very proud of the way, from a business standpoint, the way that he conducted himself when he went to London uh, to visit clients. Uh, he did a good job. He made a good uh, parents and uh, talked well and uh, knew how to handle himself in that type of an environment. So those are the things that uh, uh, I'm uh, exceedingly proud of. And, and from a career standpoint, he's made some moves that uh, have been uh, really great. I I see what he's done with some uh, some of the uh, inner city kids that he's mentored mm-hmm. and uh, how efficient uh, he is with that and uh, it's uh it it makes you proud uh, mm-hmm. to see that
1: awesome Kurt briefly shared what's what's when you sit and think your dad why are you proud um,
3: uh, well, well the number one thing is how he takes care of my mom. and loves my mom. Yeah.
1: That's awesome, Uh, man. That's,
3: that's, that was, that's the number one thing that if you don't, if you don't do that right, everything else doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, And actually how he loves the Lord. Um, His example as a godly man, godly father, Christian man, balancing, balancing the scriptures with life. Making hard decisions that the world says is okay, and but God's word says no. Yeah. Um, you know that those those probably stick out more than anything. But I, you know, mom and dad have have been uh, the example. They're going to be sixty years of marriage. I believe it's sixty in June. Um wow. And um, awesome. You know, that's unfortunately it's it's rare. Um yeah. and uh, and stuff, but it makes you know, me and, and our family and I'm sure my brother and his, you know, proud because that's the kind of example that we have. Um, it should
0: be,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's it should that, make you proud awesome. and stuff. Um Hey real quick that, that's Kurt, really I, the biggest yeah. thing. That's awesome. I love you know, the fact that, both of you. Yeah, sorry, that both of you had great answers on that. I mean, I just thought, you know, Kurt, what I mean, Charlie, what you said about Kurt right away, especially about his heart and so forth, and then about Brenda. I do need to ask has has your mom ever sinned, Kurt?
3: My mom ever sinned?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm um, not. Is that even? I, have she ever done wrong, Charlie? Has your wife ever done wrong? Are you afraid this is taped and you're afraid to has, say? But, uh, she
2: probably has, but no, she, no, I'm not afraid. She probably has, but I can tell you this: with what she's put mm-hmm. up with with me over <laughs> all these years, but particularly since the accident in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, there's not a, a lot of women that could handle that, and uh, uh, she's handled it well.
1: You know, you weren't. I all will ecstatic tell you, Mom. That. Go ahead. Mom is
3: mom is a is is just an incredible example of of a homemaker of contentment of uh, of hard work hmm. i mean mom till still to this day i can't tell you what her age is because she might slap me for it but she's she's <laughs> older than me by a lot and that that's, makes day, sense. that makes my life yeah
1: that was deep <laughs> kurt that was powerful <laughs>
3: And I called her one day, and I said, "And just to, you know, hey mom, how you doing?" And she goes, "Oh, she goes. I just came in. She goes. I've been out since eight o'clock this morning. And I can't. I. It, it might have been like one or two o'clock. She's out picking up sticks and branches and and working in the yard and pulling weeds. I mean, that's just mom. Awesome. mom yeah, mom does not sit uh- idle and and watch TV and all the and, and all that junk. She just doesn't. She grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. You work. You work." Yeah. And that's, again, hey, another example yeah. from a female side yes. of of just of being a driven person and in, in hard work. I am who I am today in that aspect because of the two parents I have.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to do this because
2: I can tell you, me. I can tell you her age. She's she's going to be 81 years old, but you'd never know it. Uh, she works. Her energy level is off the chart. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, you're the one that's going to catch the wrath for that. But anyhow, I'm going to say this, <laughs> Charlie, you, you opened a can of worms here because you may be asked to come back, whether or mm. not you want to, because even your story of the accident mm. and, and how God's used that in your life and so forth, we, we don't have enough time. Mm. But this has been beyond powerful. You guys don't see that maybe because you've lived it and you've only seen God's movement. And that's good. But people need to hear these stories. Mm. And so we are so grateful to have both of you on it. I'm going to let PJ close this up. And there's been a couple of times I could tell Kurt that I I apologize. I might have cut you off, but there's like a delay. So I'm sorry that happened, but I don't mind cutting you off anyhow. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to let PJ close this up. But this has been my honor. That's not just yeah. rhetoric, man. This is good stuff for people to hear. And when you whipped out the six things about Zig Ziglar, Charlie, when's the last time you listened to that tape?
2: Well, they were all on uh, uh, those small uh, little cassettes. That,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So you haven't and, listened to it uh, probably twenty the, years. But you went point by point uh, by point because it's ingrained in you.
2: Oh yes, no, it is. There's no question about it. I did. Uh, I did. Now that I think of it, I did uh, replace those with uh, uh, CDs. In fact, I gave, I gave the C- Ziggs C uh, U at the top CDs. I gave those to uh, Chase. Oh, uh, awesome! Here, a few months ago. That's awesome.
0: That's great. Yeah, I I mean, I, if I could just reiterate what my dad said, it's been an honor and you know, it's interesting to, uh, for you, what are a lot of like the basic life things that you have is part of what has made this build to last. And uh, for you, it's commonplace, and, but just like you said, common doesn't always mean it's actually everyone has it. And uh, these, are, these are things that people need to hear. Um, so, you know, if you're listening and uh, w- this helps you take another step on your spiritual journey, which we hope it has, we ask that you'd like, share, and subscribe so that someone else can too.
1: Yeah, um, like what that a, What button. a blessing, yeah. Yeah, hit that button, subscribe, so that you can hear the Kramers and we'll have <laughs> them back even if they don't wanna come. <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much.
0: (laughs) Really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys.